Hello, this is Yolanda Murphy, and welcome to this Exceptional Journey podcast, where you will find inspiration to live courageously through adversity, empowerment to live freely despite your past, and ignition to live boldly in your purpose, all by walking the survivor's side of life. My good people. What is up? Of course, it is your girl, Yolanda, back with another episode of this Exceptional Journey podcast, where I hope to inspire, empower, and ignite you to live your best life. You guys, Happy New Year. I have not spoken to you directly since the New Year started. And by the way, let's plug, have you listened to the last episode? It was the very first one of the Survivor Series with Matt and Stephanie. So if you haven't checked it out, do so. Had to plug that there. But welcome. If this is your first time, hey, how you been? How you doing? (laughs) And if this is not your first time, welcome back. What did you do for the new year? Hopefully you were in church. And if not, you were (laughs) somewhere sober and safe. Either way it goes, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking over to my little corner of the podcast world and rocking with your girl just for a little while. As always, let me go ahead and plug my social media here um, just because I want to connect with you guys. You know, you're listening. Let's be friends. (laughs) So you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at This Exceptional Journey. And then on Twitter, I'm at TEJ Podcast. Even use that hashtag TEJ Podcast to hit me up with comments, questions, suggestions. I want to hear from you. Guys, I can't believe it's already the middle of January. To be honest, I have no idea where the time went. Like, (laughs) no idea whatsoever. Weren't we just ringing in the new year and it's already the 15th? What? Like... Huh? But anyway, as you guys can tell from the topic um, of the podcast, today is a pretty, you know, episode pretty close to my heart um, because I'm actually today, the 15th, is actually one year since I started my lock journey with my hair. And You know, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you know, I've talked about, you know, hair loss and as women, um, what that means to us and our identity, you know, walking around. Because, I mean, let's be honest, who in high school either didn't dye their hair, didn't cut it to be rebellious um, or didn't grow it long to be sexy like we saw on television, like our hair as women specifically, um, is definitely a part of our, our self-identity and our self-image. Um, and of course, you know, going through cancer and all of that, we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to reflect. I wanted to reflect really quick on how it's been a year. That still blows my mind that literally this day last year, I was sitting in the chair of my cousin. Hey, girl, how you doing? (laughs) I was sitting in the chair um, of my cousin who does hair. 
well, just one of my cousins who do hair. I mean, which one? <laughs> what do you need done? I can point you in the right direction. <laughs> Sorry, running joke. But anyway, um, so I was sitting in the chair of my cousin, you know, who does hair. And um, I have finally decided, like, I was tired of getting, you know, little haircuts to shape up my curls that were growing in, you know, after chemo. Um, and I was like, let's try something different. I've always wanted to try locking. And as you'll hear, as I get into a, a few of the things of the topic, there were certain boundaries that I had that I didn't think I could lock my hair. Um, and if you are unfamiliar, let me just say this right here. If you are unfamiliar with it, if you are unfamiliar, <laughs> sorry, if you're unfamiliar with what it means to lock your hair, um, I say Google it. Uh, some people call it dreadlocking. Um, I don't like to say dreadlocking because I don't think my hair is dreadful. I don't. And if you actually look into the history of why it was called dreadlocks, you'll understand why I don't like to call them dreadlocks. I just call them locks. They're little, little baby locks of hair. <laughs> but um, it's been a journey, guys. It has been such an amazing journey. And I've learned a lot, to be honest. I really have, um, besides the gamut of everything else that comes along with being a survivor after cancer at a younger age, um, in regards to my hair, it's taught me a lot. So that is the whole point of this episode. Just to let you guys know mentally where I am in regards to it, because it is a milestone for me. To me, um, you know how some people, and even myself, I've, I've done a whole episode about my cancerversary. This to me is a milestone like my cancerversary uh, because, and again, I'll get into the topic. Let's just go ahead and slide in. The very first thing um, that my lock journey taught me was I had an altered self-image of myself. Uh, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, when you're in high school, young adulthood, you know, you, your clothes match, you know, <laughs> you know, you try to look presentable to the world, um, whether it's because you're looking for a mate, you know what I mean? We're looking for boyfriends or girlfriends. Um, we're looking just for a new job, maybe. So we want to look the part. Either way it goes, we are looking the part in regards to our clothes, in regards to our shoes. Our hair is a part of that what color glasses we were that day for ladies, what color makeup or lipstick we were that day. It, it, it is all encompassing um, in regards to our self-image and of course what we project to the world. Um, but one thing I noticed very early on about my hair lock journey is that it gave me an altered in a good way um, self-image. So a few reasons why few reasons why I'm sorry I think this number one as you already know I went through breast cancer I did chemo with chemo your hair falls out with of course well with the IV chemo that I did your hair falls out um and with that came no control and again if you've listened to other podcasts you know I am a woman that likes to be in control <laughs> always have since I was younger. I've been a boss my whole life. I'm sorry. Like I've been telling people what to do. If my brother's listening, he'll tell you. <laughs> like I've been like just telling people, don't do that. Go here, do this. Because that's kind of what people always told me to do. So I just did it. Um, but because of that comes a certain self-image. 
You know what I mean? You're in control. Um, you know, you pick your destiny. You pick, you know, of course, what you wear, how you style your hair. And again, in high school, from high school to like young adulthood, I had tons of different hairstyles. I had a bob cut like Halle Berry. Um, I had longer hair uh, like myself, like a, a wrap. <laughs> um, I had a short texturizer with blonde. Girl, I was doing it all. Okay. I was doing everything. I was doing all the things. <laughs> but I say that to say that was of my own doing though. I chose when I wanted to get my hair cut. I chose when I wanted to put weave in or in, and grow my hair out. It was a choice. Um, but of course, after breast cancer, you don't have that choice, as we all know. Um, so this to me, growing my hair, number one, like I said, before the journey, I felt like I didn't have control. Um, I felt like, I mean, if we're honest, my hair grew back different. Like my hair, I have very thick, well, I had, had have, um, very thick, coarse, kinky African-American hair. Um, if I were to explain it to some people, it would be like old school afros back in the day. Like you could shake your head. <laughs> it always astounded me on Soul Train when you would see these huge afros. And people would be dancing and getting it and their Afro would not move. <laughs> I can't be the only one, guys. I cannot be the only one. Please tell me I'm not the only one. But anyway, that was my hair before chemo. Um, it was very thick, very coarse, very like if you stick your hand in it, it's going to come back a little rough. <laughs> and I loved my hair. I didn't have a problem with my hair. Again, in, in my family, we have tons of hairstylists. Two of my cousins specifically, I, were, I was going to to get my hair done. One was doing my natural hair. She would braid it up for me or, or put it in, you know, different styles. Um, and then my other cousin would um, blow it out for me. She would cut my ends or trim my ends and she would blow it out and, you know, hot, not hot comb it. Well, my mom used to, listen, that's old school. Didn't I go back? Old school. <laughs> She didn't hot comb it, but she would flat iron it for me. Um, so I was used to this routine and they were with my hair as well. They knew my hair. They knew how it responded, you know, to the washing and the heat or lack of heat. We, we in the circle were all aware. Okay. <laughs> but after chemo, you know, my hair fell out and my hair just grew back different. And even now, even now, my hair is different. It's just altogether different. And again, this is not, a, I don't take it as a negative thing. It's just different. Um, so my hair is still thick. Like if I were to wet it right now, it would puff up at the, at, at the, at the roots. Cause I mean, I'm African-American, I'm black. Like that's what happens. Um, but it's no, it is nowhere near as thick and as coarse as it was before chemo. And I was having this whole conversation with my cousin that actually does my locks who started them. And it might've been maybe the second or third time that she retwisted my hair. And if you don't know what that means, please just Google it. <laughs> um, but every once in a while, you know, your hair grows and your roots get thick and you need to keep twisting them um, so that, you know, your hair continues to lock. Um, and 
so I remember one of the conversations that we had is that um, I asked her because again, she saw my hair before chemo and after chemo. And I was like, do you think my hair texture is different? And she was like, no, for sure. She was like, I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't know how you felt about it. But your hair texture is altogether different. And here's the kicker. It wasn't just different. So here's the thing. Like I said, um, my hair was always coarse, always very thick. I used to always tease like my hair was Zimbabwe. Like, you know, thick, coarse, like amazing. I loved it. Um, but on this side, it grew back different. Like when it first grew back, it was like curly and soft like lamb's wool. <laughs> Running joke, I'm sorry. It grew back like really soft. I was like, what is this? So I was like, okay, everyone told me, you know, okay, give it a minute. It'll grow back into what you're used to. And it did, but it's still nowhere as thick. It is nowhere as coarse as it used to be. Again, I don't see that as a bad or a good thing. It's just different. Um, but I, I say that to say, um, I, I kept getting like when my hair first started transitioning from the curly soft back to my, um, my own texture. Um, I kept saying, okay, I, I'm just going to get it shaped up. I would just get little short haircuts and keep it moving. But then after a while I was like, I'm tired of getting haircuts. I'm tired of, I'm tired of getting haircuts. Uh, so I was like, what do I want to do different? And that's when locking, you know, popped up on the scene for me. Um, but here's the kicker, guys. It In my locking journey, in regards to my altered self-image, it gave me control again. And I don't know if that makes sense, um, but because my next point is going to be something altogether different. But it, I was able to say to myself, okay, my hair is growing back. Um, you know, it's, gr and it's healthy. Uh, I have control of, over what I can do because how many of us know, you know, with a cancer diagnosis, you have control over nothing. Legit. You have control over nothing. Your doctors tell you what plan you're going to have. Now you can seek second opinions. I get that. I get all of that, but either way it goes, you need a plan. <laughs> you need something, whether it's surgery or chemo or radiation, you need something. And those are the things are that are out of our control because we didn't choose to have cancer. You know what I mean? Um, but the crazy reality was, is I found myself at a place where I was like, you know what? I can, I can do this. I can do this. So I took control and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I said to my cousin, let's lock this hair. I said, let's get an appointment. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Um, so, of course, that's where it started, January 15th, 2018. Um, so the first thing, if I've not been rambling too much for you, <laughs> is that my lock journey in 2018 taught me that I had a altered self-image. The second thing is that it taught me patience. <laughs> Reason I'm laughing is because, of course, the last, you know, point that I brought up with having an altered self-image is that I took control. You know, like, yes, I was like, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Y'all, don't get me wrong. I have family and friends that have locks in their hair and have had them for years. But I was not prepared for the patience 
I was going to need to go through this journey. And it's not a bad thing, but most of us know we like to be in control. And you can't control when your hair locks. You can't control the textures of your hair. And y'all, listen. So when it came to the patience of me growing these locks, um, like I said before, because my texture was different before, um, I wasn't used to it. You know what I mean? Um, it, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't long as it was before, but it, it wasn't even as thick. It wasn't as kinky as it was before, because to be honest, for all my sisters out there, my African-American sisters, you know that sometimes it's it's a benefit to have very thick, coarse hair, because depending upon what you're doing with your hair, it locks up faster um, or it takes to braids quicker because it's kinkier. Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I say that to say it taught me so much patience one, because my whole texture and grade was different. Not so much different, like I went from kinky to straight, and we'll get to that in a second, but it was just altogether different. And what that meant was, is that the whole process for me was going to be different. If I would have tried to lock my hair where my texture and grade was before chemo, baby, I would have been locked. My hair would have been locked in like a month, two months, three months. But as you'll hear shortly, that was not my testimony. <laughs> and you'll understand why. I'm laughing at it now, but I was so frustrated then. Um, but again, like my hair was not the same. And here's the other kicker. Um, even before chemo, to be honest, um, as as African-American women, at least, um, our head is just also different. It, it's, it's different. And, you know, for my non-African-American women out there, let me explain really, really quick. Um, or men and women, I'm sorry, because there might be men listening and watching too. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, but um, with African-American hair, your whole head, of course, is coarse or kinky, what have you. But there are certain spots in your head that can be a different grade than another spot. Unexplainable. I, I mean, that's just how God made us. I don't know. But for me, even before breast cancer, I had certain spots in my hair where um, the, the texture of it was looser. So, for example, and anyone who knows me know, I always say this. So in the front of my hair, um, it was kind of wavy. Um, in this hair middle part, this middle part, I always say was Zimbabwe, <laughs> Madagascar, all of Africa, Kunta Kente, all in this middle part right here. Um, I remember growing up, getting my hair braided when I was little and Another one of my cousins who used to break my hair when I was like in elementary school. One of my older cousins, older, older cousins. Hey, girl, you know who you are. Um, used to braid my hair and I hated like I would cry when she would get to the middle of my hair because my hair in the middle is so it used to be so thick that it would take her like two or three times to grip it with the braiding hair. Um, and that's painful. <laughs> That's painful. Oh my gosh, you couldn't even smile without crying. It was it was horrible. I looked cute, but it was painful. Um, so I say that to say even there's a uh, in the back of my head, there's another texture. So 
um, I kind of knew this going into it because that's how my hair was textured before. Um, but after chemo, I didn't know what to expect. I knew my hair fell out. Um, and then I even have patches in my hair because before I had scalp psoriasis, um, there were spots where my hair stopped growing because of the scalp psoriasis. So I was, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if my hair was still going to grow back in those spots. I didn't know if it was still going to be kinky and curly. I didn't know. Um, but I say all of that to say it taught me patience, uh, because I didn't know. And I allowed whatever happened to happen. However it grew back was how it grew back. Um, I still have even now after, after chemo and, and, you know, of course my hair growing back, um, my hair in the front is still, um, looser, a looser curl pattern than my back. Um, so there are pieces, (laughs) there are pieces in the front of my hair, this one specifically where it did not lock until like four or five months after I started my journey, because it's so straight. Like I remember the one, maybe one of the first times my cousin um, washed my hair after I started locking, it was like a month or so later, maybe two months later. I can't remember this baby right here was still straight bone straight. Okay. (laughs) So I say all of that to say, from the woman who's used to being independent, from the woman who is used to being in control, I had to let this hair do what it was going to do. Okay. And here's the kicker. I was able to carry that over into other areas of my life because, you know, like I said before, I was used to being in control, not just with my hair, but with every part of my, this is what I want to do. This is how it's going to be carried out. No, baby, it's not. (laughs) And it's not, it's not. Um, So it taught me a great deal of patience in regards to my grade, in regards to my texture. Like I said, it didn't grow back the same as before. Um, And then, you know, there were parts that were just like, no, you guys go ahead. (laughs) You guys go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and stay straight. I'm just going to not lock because I don't feel like it. (laughs) So patience was definitely on the menu when it came to my hair locking. And I was kind to, kind to. And I was kind of um, expecting it because, you know, I have family and friends that have locks and they told me, okay, be prepared for your hair to kind of just let it do what it does. And here I am one year later and I was able to do it. Amen and amen. (laughs) Um, But lastly, guys, the last thing that um, my lock journey taught me from January 18 to now is to be determined. And here's the crazy thing. Um, You know, for those of you that are biblical or not, um, it doesn't matter. But in the Bible, it says all truths are parallel. To me, that speaks volumes. Because at the end of the day, a lot of things that we face or go through in one area actually can be carried over and, and laid upon another area of our life. So it wasn't just through breast cancer. It wasn't just through a diagnosis and chemo and radiation that, you know, I had an altered self image or that I grew in patience. It was in every area of my life. I was able to be like, oh, snap. Okay. I can then apply this patience to this. So same thing with determination. Probably as you can tell, I am someone who is determined. I'm, I've always been someone who's determined, especially if I have 
something on my mind that I really want to get done. I'm like, okay, nope, let's do this. Let's get this done. What have you. But with this luck journey, I wasn't in control. I had absolutely no control besides like the maintenance of it, keeping it up, keeping it, you know, moisturized, what have you, how it grew, when it grew, if it locked, I had no control over that, but I was determined. I was determined. Now, let me be honest, guys. Let me, <laughs> let me be honest. I wasn't always so determined. So I started locking again, January 15th, 2018, literally two weeks later. And let me preface it. Let me preface it by saying this. I had scalp psoriasis. What that means, and you know, just as if psoriasis on any other part of your body, you would have scales, it would be uber dry. Um, and with my scalp, I would get scabs, which is why honestly, I believe that in parts of at least my hairline, um, it never grew back because, um, in the beginning, I didn't know what it was. I used to pick it. I was like, why is it so itchy? Like I would sweat, it would itch. Um, went to the dermatologist, found out all of this stuff, say all of that to say in the beginning, I was very leery to lock my hair because I knew I had this issue, this scalp issue. And even, even before, you know, my hair falling out and, and growing back, my scalp was very sensitive to certain products. My scalp couldn't do a lot of products. I had a lot of chemicals and, and all of that stuff. So I would do a lot of natural shampoos and a lot of natural leave-in conditioners if I was, you know, rocking my afro or um, my cousin who used to do my blowouts. You know, I took my own personal shampoo that I got from my dermatologist for her to wash my hair and she knew to put only certain products, you know, in my hair. So it wasn't just from a... um I just don't feel like it standpoint, but literally two weeks in my scalp was like, what in the world are you doing? You're not washing me as, as usual, because let's be honest, after my hair grew back, um, from chemo, I was, first of all, I had a squeaky clean bald. So, and yes, I did wash my bald. Thank you so much. Cause I didn't want it to get oily because I was putting coconut oil. My shine was on. Thank you. <laughs> But I was still like my curly phase. I was still washing it maybe every two to three days because uh, it was a texture altogether different than my Afro and it would get oily, if that makes sense. Um, so here's my scalp unbeknownst to itself. Like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> like, I haven't had a shampoo in a month. Uh, what is going So needless to say, um, two weeks in, my scalp started getting very irritated. It was very itchy um, very dry. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, and I had so many friends and family that have locks and they were like, no, stick it out. Like your hair's nice and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you guys don't have to go to like, literally anytime I sweat, my scalp would itch like tremendously. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. But I say that to say, but I, I came up determined. Uh, I was determined to ensure that I saw this process out because let's be honest, this is the very first time I felt like I was in control and guys, we're going to come back to this, but when it comes to our hair and our identity, when that is stripped from you, a part of your identity is stripped from you, you kind of have to reinvent yourself. You kind of have to refine yourself but this was something I was like, yes, no, let's go. Let's do it. I can do this. 
I was determined. I was freaking determined. So I find an, I found a new hair oil. Um, and for those of you watching the uh, YouTube video, I'll stick a picture of it somewhere so you can see what I use. It's I, I'm not even going to say the name because I'm going to get it wrong. I get it wrong every time. But I found a new oil. And literally, this is the only oil that I use to maintenance my hair. And it does not itch. It does not itch. It does not get dry. Uh, and I'm grateful because literally I was ready to throw in the towel. So literally, like I said, I was ready to throw in the towel within two weeks. I found this hair oil and we were back in business. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, besides even like my scalp issues, I was nervous that it was going to unravel. I sweat a lot. I'm a sweater. And, and, you know, of course, um, after chemo and radiation and depending upon what medicine you have to take, you have these hot flashes. Like I have hot flashes like I'm in my sixties y'all and I sweat and I'm like, Oh my goodness, is my hair going to puff up? Because I like to see my scalp. <laughs> I like to see my scalp. I don't like when it's puffy, you know, again, a control thing, but anyway, um, but I was scared it was going to unravel. I was scared like, Oh my goodness, if I get in the shower and get it wet, like, am I going to, is my Afro going to come back? It was all of this nervousness. It was a brand new, brand new atmosphere and arena I had never been in before. Um, but again, since I found out what oil, you know, I was able to actually use on my scalp and of course going around asking certain people who had locks for two, three, five, seven years. Okay. What did you do in the beginning? Can you remember? <laughs> but what did you do in the beginning? What products did you use? Um, you know, are there certain regimens that you went through to make sure your hair still stayed soft and manageable? Um, were there certain things you went to sleep with, you know, that ensured that your hair wasn't fuzzy when you woke up. I was asking everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody. And, um, I got some really good answers and I've, I've found as of right now, at least for this length, I've found what works for me. I've found what oil, um, I found, um, I call it a slap, <laughs> a hair slap. Um, but it's like a hair bonnet that has satin on the inside um, that I sleep in every night. I have like two or three of them just in case one of them gets too oily. I throw one in the dirty clothes and bring out a new brand new spanking one. <laughs> okay. Um, but since finding out all of these things, it's been magical for lack of a better phrase. I actually love my locks. Like I love them. And I'm kind of mad I didn't lock before my hair fell out because I just love this journey. It has taught me so much about me. It has taught me so much about things that I do or things that I think or things that I think about myself. It has showed me um, just so much. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, during the process, it hasn't always been fun. Like I said, within the first two weeks, two weeks, I was ready to call it quits. Um, all last year, I could not swim. My head was not under any water. Um, I went to Orlando at the top of last year and I was like, dang, <laughs> just sitting in this beautiful atmosphere and I can't even dunk my, like I'm a swimmer. I'm a fish. I've always been a fish in any pool. Um, and yeah, I just had to put my feet in <laughs> because I was not messing up this process. I started. Okay. <laughs> and if you've been through the journey, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but guys, I had to trust the process. And to be honest, that's a life lesson. That is actually a life lesson. You have to learn to trust 
the process because everything is not going to be rainbows and sunshine and, and butterflies. There are going to be obstacles and difficulties that come, but you have to trust that it's going to work out. You know, I'm, I'm not preaching, but I'm preaching. Hello. <laughs> but really, I literally had to trust my hair knew what it was doing. If I treated it the right way, if I kept getting it done and retwisted every month, it was going to do what it needed to do. And it did. Hello. Um, but I'm grateful for the process, though. Uh, that's why I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and make a podcast about it. Um, just because, again, it doesn't just anything that I'm talking about, whether it's determination or the patience or even the altered self if, image, if I'm honest with myself, it doesn't just come from a hair journey. It doesn't just cover a hair journey. You can apply anything that I'm saying right now to almost anything that you've gone through. Because at the end of the day, don't we like control? Don't we like control, y'all? Y'all know we like control. But at the end of the day, things happen. Things happen in life that we have no control over. But what do you do? Do you buck up to it and stand stronger? Or do you buckle? Do you buckle? Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely instances and situations and moments in every fight where you have to be like, okay, you know what? Let me go ahead and rest right here. You don't feel determined every day. You don't feel like your patience is working for you every day. I can only speak for this specific journey in my life, but guys, you can really apply it to you as well. So say all of this to say that my lock journey in 12 months has taught me so much about me. Uh, because again, it's not just a hair thing. It, I'm talking about my hair, but it's not just a hair thing. It has allowed me to apply these principles and these thoughts to so many other different areas of my life. And to be honest, guys, I'm hoping that you pull these call to actions to you as well. What in your life can you apply these things to? And I was just talking about three. Let's be honest. Anything that we go through alters what we think of ourselves. How are you going to process that? It's a new year. It is a brand new spanking year. How are you going to process old things that you went through? Number one, so that you don't take them into your new year or you grow from them so that you can learn the lesson and be stronger in the new year. Then on top of that, are you being patient? Are you giving yourself grace? I can tell you plenty of times I would get frustrated my slap would come off in the middle of the night. I would be like, oh, <laughs> I would be so mad. But I had to learn to have grace with myself. And not necessarily, you know, that I, that was something I could control per se, but I had to learn to have patience through the process. What in your life can you right now apply patience in the process? All of us didn't walk into the new year with 10,000 goals. Let's be honest. All of us didn't walk into the new year um, with, yes, I'm going to get a house and my credit score is going to be 700. No, but some people just want to put food on the table. Some people just want to make sure they keep a roof over the head for their children. But in any situation and instance, how can you persevere through patience? That's the second thing. And then third, guys, you already know we are already conquerors. We are already conquerors, but how are you going to be determined to live as a conqueror every day? Living it out in small, minute, baby step things you do every day to live and be determined to live 
the way you see fit. Guys, I didn't I didn't even mean to say all of this, <laughs> but I just feel like it's necessary. It's January 15th at this point. Um, we're halfway through the very first month of a brand new year. What can you do different to to take in that altered self image and be better? How can you see yourself being more patient in any of the areas of your life? And then how can you see and walk out more determination so that you live your best life? Guys, that's it. Literally. <laughs> That's all I have. I just wanted to let you guys know I'm excited for this new year. I not only am excited for the new year, I'm excited to be sharing it with you all. And if you've listened to the end, thank you so much. You love me so much. Um, I'm determined. I have so many dreams, goals, and visions for this podcast, for my blog, for my YouTube channel, for some merch lines that I have coming out, for some books I'm going to be releasing. Guys, stay tuned. I am determined. I am literally determined that cancer was not going to beat me and I'm going to live this fulfillment. Are you with me? Raise your hand. Are you with me? <laughs> but guys, again, if you've made it to the end, thank you so much for rocking with your girl. I so appreciate it from the bottom of my, my heart that you have even clicked over, but that you actually listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> But again, guys, don't forget to comment. Don't forget to rate. Um, if you're listening on specifically Apple um, podcast and then subscribe, stick around. You want to keep hearing my voice. You want to keep seeing me. I know. I know. <laughs> but don't forget to do these things, guys. It helps me. It helps me get more vocal in the community. It helps me to be more um, visual in the community so that more I can help more people. So don't forget those things. But Guys, that's it. Thank you so much for sharing yet another anniversary with me. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I'm so grateful that I'm still sticking it out. But guys, until next time, remember, you can catch me walking the survivor side of life. I'll see you later. Peace.